As a listener of Made For You and Me, you probably care about the planet and are conscious of the products you use. That's why we're excited to offer our listeners an exclusive discount on all Solterra Shop products. Shop from apparel to skincare to household goods that are made from sustainable materials and natural ingredients. Visit SolterraShop.com and use the promo code MADE4PODCAST10, that's MADE4PODCAST10, all one word, to receive 10% off your entire purchase. Hey everyone, my name is Nick. My name's Kat. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Made for You and Me, an educational and entertaining podcast on the history, geology, wildlife, and other fun facts within America's Best Idea, the National Parks. This is our season three finale. Finale. Woohoo! We did it. Full three seasons. I know. It's wild. It's actually really wild. We've been doing this for a little bit over a year now. We didn't have an anniversary? Oh my god, For we what? should have celebrated. Oh, like a year anniversary. Year. I have thought about it and then I was like, I don't know the exact date. I'm too busy to like come up with the exact date. I figured we could do something special for like, even though it'll be in, in the middle of a of our season four, I figured we could do something special for f- 50 episodes. Okay. Rather that, than like a yeah, year. That works. Because we also didn't take a break between seasons one and two. Right. So... I was I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, if we did fifteen weeks on, five weeks on, blah, 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 the math. So anyway, we can do something special for episode fifty, but also know that we've been doing made for you and me for a year now. Fifty carrots, crazy. Fifty cent, but fifty stars. I'm really excited for this episode. <laughs> As Cap names fifty things, <laughs> this is cool because we started season three with the Everglades National Park, and in that episode, I mentioned Homegirl. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and was like she needs her own episode and we kind of kept putting it off until we got to a point where we were like let's just make it the end of season three to have a nice symmetrical way to round it out but this is going to be a really good episode this girl is so cool I'm really excited to talk about her but before we get into it Kat Mm -hmm. on the theme of season finale and taking some time off what is something you're gonna do with your time in between our seasons of recording. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and it's not exciting for everyone, but I've recently found out this is very exciting for me. I am going to work on my professional budget in a way that like will blow people's minds. <laughs> You're right. That's not exciting for us, but good for you. Yes. Accounting and financial management may be my next favorite thing I didn't know I loved. Wow. I know. It's really exciting. Well, awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I would say keep us updated. I don't know if like our listeners want to hear about that, but in our personal time, I'll ask you about it because I'm invested in your life and I love you and you're Thank my favorite you. person. I'll let you use my spreadsheet. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's talk about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Marge. AKA mother of the Everglades. She was a journalist, writer, feminist, and environmental activist best known for her role in establishing the Everglades as a protected area. She was born in 1890 in Minnesota and moved to Florida at the age of 25. 
So some background about her family. Her father was the first publisher of the paper that would later become the Miami Herald, which is how Ooh. she got into journalism. Okay. And her father, Frank Stoneman, was a passionate opponent of the, at the time, Florida governor and his attempts to drain the Everglades for development. Uh, that governor actually hated Frank Stoneman so much that when he won an election for circuit judge, the governor refused to validate the election. Oh my gosh. So Petty. her dad was referred to for the rest of his life because he was elected as it, Judge Stoneman, but never actually did anything pertaining to the role of being a judge. Isn't that interesting? Right. I like I like her um background of civil disobedience in her genes yeah no so that is um that's important to have a little bit of background about her family to kind of like learn how she was raised and right. for speaking up on what she believes in and not backing down to a fight so here are some other things that you probably want to know about marjorie stoneman douglas that aren't directly related to her work with the everglades but are absolutely worth mentioning and just paints a picture of her life and just how interesting she, she was as a person. So first, she met a man named Kenneth Douglas when she was 24 years old. He was 54 years old, and they were married within three months. He turned out to be a con artist, and he was actually already married to someone else when they met. But she remained faithful to him the whole six months that he went to jail after writing a bad check. I, There's what? a lot there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was, I mean, this is 1914. So there's, I mean, I just assume like with history back then, things were like a little fuzzy. So I couldn't find out exactly how long they were married. Just that, unsurprisingly, that marriage did not last. And they were quickly divorced. Number two, her mother and father divorced when she was young. But her father remarried a woman named Lilia Eleanor Shine who was the great-great-granddaughter of Thomas Jefferson. And Marjorie would refer to Lilia as the best friend she ever had for the rest of her life. Just like, of the not really like related, but also just kind of like... I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, in 1916, Douglas's editor gave her an assignment to write a story on the first woman of Miami to join the U.S. National Reserve. When the woman stood her up for the interview... Douglas herself joined the Navy, but it didn't suit her because she wasn't a morning person and her superiors did not appreciate her correcting their grammar all the time. So she requested a discharge and joined the American Red Cross, which stationed her in Paris. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like I said, a lot to unpack, but also just kind of lets you know who this woman is. So let's get back to her role with the Everglades. As a young woman, Douglas was politically involved and was a strong supporter of the women's suffrage movement and the civil rights movements. She made a name for herself as just this strong, independent, opinionated woman who knew how to use her words. Nice. So there's something to be said about a woman who is doing her thing. There's something else to be said about a smart woman who's doing her thing and knows how to speak up for herself. Thank you. In a wise way. Kat's one of them. So that brings us to South Florida in the 1920s. It's experiencing a major population boom, and developers just do not give a crap about the Everglades. And they want to go nuts building on it. So people begin to notice that the Everglades are being drained, 
which is not only bad because it's bad, it's bad to destroy the environment, but it's also bad because it greatly impacts the rest of Florida and the water that people use on a regular Mm, basis. So a landscape architect named Ernest Coe is like, no, this place is legit. Like, it's literally so cool. I think it should be a national park. And he came across Marjorie's name as an influential bad bitty. I'm sure Florida had, like, just a directory of influential bad biddies at the time. And he came across her name once he got to the... M's? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He got to the M's. Um, And he was like, okay, if I want to get this done, I need Marjorie in my corner. So Ernest called her up and was like, yo, do you know about the Everglades? And she was like, yeah, I know about the Everglades. My dad fought that sad sap of a governor of Florida years ago. Uh, So, yeah, I'm very familiar. And he was like, okay, so you know that they're getting trashed and you know how these greedy developers down here just do not give a darn about nature or our water supply. I need your help. And she was like, dope, I got you. So they went on a little field trip to the Everglades. And at first, I'm sure this is I just imagine I'm first. I think she was just like, ew. Like, I appreciate it, but also like, why did you bring me here? It's muggy. There are mosquitoes. It's hot. Gross. But then she saw the crocodiles. She saw the alligators. She saw the manatees. She saw the mangrove trees. She was like, still not a fan of the mosquitoes, but like, this is so cool. Like, this is such a neat, incredible ecosystem. Yes. Thank you so much, Ernest, for bringing me here. You're right. We absolutely need to protect this place before it's gone. And so they high-fived right there in the Everglades, and they were like, let's get it done. So thankfully, Ernest had already done a bit of legwork and had gotten the Florida State Legislature to establish the Everglades National Park Commission to study the formation of a protected area. But he and Marjorie knew that it was going to be a long, long, hard battle and that this was going to be quite a process. So Marjorie spent 13 years in the Everglades. She researched and wrote on everything that she witnessed, and she wrote a book about how, just in general, how amazing this place was, but also all the threats to it. And she called it the Everglades, River of Grass. When it was published in 1947, it was an immediate bestseller. And now all these people across the country were like, oh, shoot, I kind of think I care about the Everglades. (laughs) And like, maybe I'm an environmentalist, too. Uh, And so people were like, this place is legit. I give a crap, even if these developers down in Florida don't care. Like, why why do I care about a strip mall when we have this insane ecosystem in Florida that is literally so cool, has been here for forever, and is so threatened? So not only was Marjorie and Ernest such a great team, and they they wrote a a book about it but people really loved the book and we're like okay i'm gonna stand up for this so that same year that the book was published in 1947 congress and president harry truman designated the first million acres of everglades national park wow so possibly for the first time ever in american history something happened quickly yeah (laughs) um so sadly then our boy ernest passed away in 1951 So, but he got to see his dream come true. Okay. He was like, I want to be National Park. And boy, was it. Did he get eat men crocodile? I don't think so. Alligator? I think that would have shown up in my research. I okay. don't think that is what happened. I'm hoping he just died of old age. Who knows? I'm sure someone does, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, 
although that's a great victory, the battle wasn't over yet, and technically it's still not over today. Um, but Marjorie had to overcome just a few more hurdles, like tails all this time. You win something, but you still got to keep fighting for it. Uh, so then came sugarcane growers and the Army Corps of Engineers, and they were still causing harm to the Everglades, and she had to deal with that and speak up for that and go to town council meetings and speak to Congress, but she took care of that. And then in 1969, at the age of 79, conservationist groups asked her to create the Friends of the Everglades organization. Aww. And she was like, damn, can't y'all do anything yourselves? <laughs> but she was like, no, you're right. Like, I'm the best person to do it. I'll do it. And actually, to justify her deep involvement at such an old age, she said, It is a woman's business to be interested in the environment. It's an extended form of housekeeping. Ooh, <laughs> I'll take that. I really like that. But then, the Nixon administration, this is 1970s, early 1970s, the Nixon administration wanted to build Miami International Airport right smack dab in the middle of the Everglades. And she was like, you've got to be kidding. What the actual frick? You guys have not been paying attention. And so she went up to Nixon and was like, Nixon, are you an idiot? And Nixon was like, yeah, I'm Nixon. <laughs> and he just put two fingers up. <laughs> he was like, uh-huh. He was like, yes, ma'am. I'm so stupid. Remember, I'm Nixon. And she was like, oh, yeah, dumb. Um, but she had to get the Florida government to pass legislation to be like, no, sorry, Nixon and the federal government, but we do not want your airport in the middle of the Everglades. Yes, an airport would be dope, but you do, do not build it here. And that worked. Yay. And so there is no airport in the Everglades now. Now, looking back on all she's done, Marjorie has helped make, at the time, the third largest national park. And she's decided, okay, well, I guess I'll just keep protecting this place, but also other threatened areas for the rest of my life. And she did. She remained an environmental activist until her death in 1998 at the age of 108. Oh my goodness. Which I think is funny because she made the, uh, the, 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 the Friends of the Everglades organization yeah. when she was 80, almost 80 years old. And that's funny. I doubt she was probably like, she was probably thinking like, okay, this is my last hurrah. This right. is cool. Like, and then I'm going to tire them. I'm going to hang back. But she literally, for the rest of her life, another 28 years, oh <laughs> went goodness. hard about this stuff. So she's just like a boss and love her. Um, so, so she died at the age of 108, almost made it to a third century. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but I will leave you with this quote from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas that I think really wraps up her life, but also kind of very more eloquently than I can ever put it is the reason that Kat and I wanted to make this podcast yes. to share all these beautiful places in the country and in the world that were meant for us to just protect and even more simply enjoy. just enjoy, just yeah. marvel at. She said, be a nuisance when it counts. Do your part to inform and stimulate the public to join your action. Be depressed, discouraged, and disappointed at failure and the disheartening effects of ignorance, greed, corruption, and bad politics. But never give up. Aww, I love that. Yeah, that's 
I like almost came to tears whenever I read that. But she's just great. That's beautiful. And uh, thanks for being the mother of the, mother of the Everglades, March. Thanks for dealing with all those mosquitoes. That's huge. So that we can enjoy it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There you have it. I'm just going to What a way to end a great season. I agree. I agree. Oh, Margie. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I was so excited to do this. I think we're going to take off the month of October as a little break for ourselves. Don't miss us too much. In between three and four. Don't miss us too much, but there's nothing stopping you from listening to our episodes over and over again. So true. (laughs) Um, But if you like this episode on Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, mother of the Everglades, make sure you share it with a friend and that they know about our other episodes of Made for You and Me. And if you're a writer, definitely write about the environment because we keep finding that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. That's what it takes. So do it. You can find out more if you follow us on Instagram at MFYAM podcast and you'll see lots of pretty pictures of the things we talk about and keep up to date on our new episodes. And until November, don't you forget you're beautiful. Bye.